What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher, and today we have such an awesome guest, Corinne Crabtree is in the house. Corinne is the host of the Losing 100 Pounds podcast. She also has an incredible membership community called the No BS Weight Loss Program, and she's a master certified weight and life coach. And before I share why I wanted to introduce you to Corinne, if you haven't heard of her already, I just want to take a moment to thank those of you who have taken the time to email me about some of the transitions um, that I have been talking about on the podcast recently regarding uh, where my consultancy might be heading and some of my work might be heading. Um, I've been really focused on helping people with business growth and really honed in on that. And I'm going to be kind of expanding to supporting people with their careers holistically, um, not just around building a business. And this just feels so exciting for me. And the fact that it is resonating with you really means the world. Um, the fact that so many of you have been tuning into this podcast for years now means that you have really been with me through all of these different transitions in the last almost six years. You have seen me, um, work, you know, a day job and juggle a bunch of different gigs and projects and things and not really know what I wanted to do next. And, you know, you've been there when I left stand-up comedy and left the entertainment industry and launched my first business in a brand new industry that I didn't know much about. Uh, call back to Dick Spidelaney if you've been there for that. Um, and then, you know, from there, owning a company and and being a consultant and having uh, consultancy and doing work that way, being a professional podcaster leaving social media, you've just been through so many different transitions. And I just cannot tell you how much it means to me and how much I appreciate that 
you still take the time to reach out to me, especially because I'm not so easily accessible with the click of a button on social media. It does take a little extra effort to send me a message. And I, yeah, I just cannot tell you how much you have inspired me. You have given me clarity. You've given me confidence to make certain moves that I've made. And yeah, I just, I am so appreciative of all of you. And I'm going to be really talking a lot more openly in my space. If you you know want to join me, DelaneyFisher.com. Um, I have a podcast there. It's completely free, but it is a private show. However, it's totally free, no membership fee, nothing like that. But I will be starting to share more openly about like the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of crafting an unconventional career and being somebody who has a lot of different thoughts and ideas on a daily basis and how I manage them and organize them and how I try to leverage my skill sets and interests. And even though they change um, year to year, and I'm also going to be interviewing some really amazing people in that space who have built and grown um, unconventional careers for themselves as well, different revenue streams, different industries, all of that. Um, so yeah, if you want to join me over there, head over to DelaneyFisher.com. You can sign up for the podcast and you know, this is going to be helpful whether you are working a day job and you want to start a side hustle, or maybe you have a side hustle and you want to transition into that full time, or maybe you're an artist or inventor or content creator, or maybe you're doing a mix of a bunch of different things, um, have a lot of different streams of revenue and you're trying to figure out how to make it all cohesive and not so overwhelming for yourself, I would love to have you. Um, so yeah, you can find that all at DelaneyFisher.com. Okay. So on to how I found our amazing guest today, Corinne. So I've spoken a bit about my relationship with food on the podcast before, but basically long story short, I've used overeating as a coping mechanism my whole life, pretty much uh, if I had to guess, and it may not have always been apparent by my appearance, um, for most of my life, I was uh, very active. I was an athlete up until I went to college. Um, and so I had a lot of very active jobs and, you know, potentially like a high metabolism as well, all of that. But basically when the pandemic hit, like so many other people, I became less active, but my eating habits, like not only stayed the same, but they were very much amped up. Like I know a lot of us kind of struggled with that. Um, and I'm somebody who was just kind of leaned on eating when I'm not hungry in times of stress. I mean, anxiety when I'm sad, happy, excited. I use it to relax uh, for entertainment, enjoyment, like you name it. And I eat it, you know? Um, so this was the first time in my life during the pandemic that I couldn't really hide or ignore my eating habits anymore because the physical manifestation of them was very apparent. I gained over 20 pounds. Um, and I always like knew that I felt like I lacked self-control when it came to food. I was very aware of that. And deep down, I knew I'd probably have to confront that at some point. Um, and I even remember in college, I was a collegiate athlete at the time and I was just, I was eating a lot of food every single day, more than I knew um, I needed even as an athlete. And I saw a doctor on my college campus who basically said, you know, you may look uh, healthy on the outside, but like your triglycerides and a lot of your levels on the inside are 
through the roof and you really have to like make some changes. So I was preparing for my wedding and I couldn't fit in my wedding dress. And I know I was like, I was like the stereotypical bride who like lost weight for the wedding day. But what happened was I had gotten my wedding dress three years before we actually got married because we kept postponing things uh, due to the pandemic. So by the time I tried it on, I didn't fit in it. And I just kind of figured, okay, maybe I will just, um, I really wanted to avoid spending a lot of money on alterations. I wanted to avoid having to buy a new dress, all that. So I just figured, all right, I'll just lose uh, enough weight to fit into my dress and I'll save some money. How's that? And I did like one of the, you know, like apps or whatever that is kind of just like a calorie counter. And I never had done any of this before. I was so like, I wasn't knowledgeable about any of it. You could have told me at the time that a banana was 10 calories or a hundred or a thousand. And I've been like, okay, all that sounds like correct. I don't know. Um, but when I was using like one of these apps, I like knew like, this is not something I'm going to do long-term. Like this is not sustainable. This feels like kind of a quick fix. Um, it's not really addressing the deeper things that I knew I, I had going on. Um, and so I kind of said, all right, I'm going to lose enough weight to fit in my dress. And then after my wedding, you know, fuck it. I'll just go back to however I, whatever habits I want. And that's exactly what happened. I, I lost about 15 pounds, was able to fit in my dress. And then truly almost immediately after the wedding, I gained most of it back very quickly. And at that point, I just kind of hit a different wall of not wanting to like, let my habits continue like this. Um, especially as I get older, I know that, you know, the more weight I, you know, could gain, it could lead to a lot of health issues. So many of my loved ones have, have struggled with health issues around, uh, weight fluctuations and things. And I, I knew what, uh, potentially I was susceptible to, um, if I didn't address it and if I didn't address it differently, I started to look for somebody to learn from that was going to, like go deep and, and wasn't, um, promoting some kind of short-term fad trendy diet situation. And that's when I stumbled upon Corinne's podcast, loved it. I listened to, I only listened to that for like a few months. I mean, I really binged like everything that she has and I started losing weight and it felt so different this time around. Um, I knew that it was dealing with the real shit um, and it was uh, like new habits that I was building, but it was enjoyable and it was not a completely different lifestyle than the one that I live. Um, it just very much felt like a refined version of what I was already doing. And, um, I've kind of shied away from talking about overeating and my personal overeating habits, just, um, on this podcast, especially in depth, because I know it can be a really triggering and tough topic for people. And to be honest, I've grown up with, um, so much guilt around it because my physical weight, um, as being considered like a thin person, I just didn't think it was my place to even talk about it, um, as a quote unquote skinny bitch, you know? Um, but if I'm, you know, feeling this way and I have felt this lack of control around food, um, despite what my appearance may have looked like, chances are other people are feeling the same way. And you might be kind of dismissing your own food issues because you think a lot of other people have it so much worse. And so you might 
kind of ignore this and it could be affecting you and, and you're maybe a little bit nervous to talk about it or address it. So basically, you know, really trying to get over my own bullshit around talking about this publicly. And in this episode, I'm able to go a lot deeper with Corinne than I have about this topic in the past. So just a little update as of right now, I've lost about 20 pounds. I've maintained that. And I truly owe Corinne for that. She really just helps you get to the root cause um, and go deep and really uncover what's beneath the overeating. And I'm just so thrilled that she's on the podcast today. So here's Corinne Crabtree. Corinne, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. I fucking love you. Um, so thank you for taking the time today. Before we get into all the juice, um, do you have a favorite or least favorite quote that you'd like to share with everybody? Yeah, my favorite quote, I heard it ages ago. This was back way back in the day, but, um, and I was telling you before, I was like, I don't even know who said it. I just heard Oprah say it. So I always thought Oprah said it. And I eventually was like, I don't even think that was originally from her, but it's, um, you can't become who you want to be by remaining who you are. Ooh, that is such a good one. Yeah. It's you're right in the gut. I love it. I love it. Yes. Um, so I, uh, everybody just heard me gush about you in the introduction of this episode. I've lost about 11 pounds uh, already with, uh, the no BS, you know, method, listening to your podcast, all the amazing resources that you share. And before that, um, I had gained like the COVID-19 during the pandemic, like a lot of people, <laughs> yes. and I had never kind of gained that weight like that. And it was my first time trying to like navigate, how do people lose weight? And my first attempts were not successful until I found you. Um, so what I love about your approach and the way that you teach is you really get to the root of shit. And there's an emphasis on mindfulness and self-love, on learning social conditioning, enjoyment. It's not counting calories. It's not punishing yourself or depriving yourself. So what is your experience with dieting and weight loss in the past? Like, how do you feel about diets and how did you end up here? So my, I just did every diet. Like, so I, I grew up really overweight at nine years old. I started gaining weight. And then by like eighth grade, I weighed 210 pounds and was about five feet tall and, um, just always suffered with my weight. Like when my, when I had my son, I quit weighing at 250. <laughs> like I was just like, I can't look anymore. And then when I had him, I didn't lose any weight. You know how like some people say like, oh yeah, if you nurse, you'll just drop all your weight. No, I nursed for a year, like a Jersey cow. And it was a damn pound. <laughs> like I gained weight. I was like, where's my nursing weight loss? Like, oh, it just, like, I was so devastated. So I did Weight Watchers about a thousand times. The first time I went was I was like 11. I did uh, a, the military diet, which is, three days of eating weird concoctions of food. Like you have a hot dog and grapefruit and then you have like a scoop of ice cream and like just random weird stuff. And then for four days, they encourage you to just eat your face off because you're going to have three days of weird concoction misery. <laughs> so oh I did, I, I know it's the, it, just look it up on the internet. It's the weirdest thing. Um, I did Jenny Craig. I did shake things. I, I got did everything. I took pills. Like I was very desperate to lose weight. And what it did was it just like really screwed with my mind. Um, I developed a relationship with food where um, it was either you eat out of control or you eat hopelessly or um, 
you just eat whatever you want because why bother? Or you had to be very strict, very hungry, very deprived, no social life. Like it was the ultimate in the black and white experience. Mm -hmm. So I did that most of my life. And when I finally decided to lose weight for this last time, I was at a really rock bottom place in my life. My son was a year old. I was suffering from postpartum depression. I'd been nursing for a year. Um, I was laying on the couch all day long, just like I couldn't keep up with him. It was just not a good time for Corinne. And I just had this day where I knew things had to change. And, you know, a lot of times when we hit our, I, I wish I never had to like hit my rock bottom, but that day it's like, I needed it. I needed to know that something is better out there for me. Cause I felt like I was at my complete worst in that moment. Not, be- not necessarily because of my weight, but like, it was this mental load I was carrying. Like, it wasn't just that I was overweight. It was like 200 being over 250 meant, um, I was a burden to my husband. He must be ashamed of me. And he's never been ashamed of me. He's loved me at all sizes. He married me at 250. So, I mean, if I was 175, I did the traditional diet down for your uh, wedding, started at 250, got to 175, went right back up. And so my mental load was just so heavy. And I just decided that day I'm going to lose weight. And I don't know what I was, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm going to figure it out. And the next day I got up and I went for a 15 minute walk and I just made some agreements with myself that I knew that after so many failures that I needed to take things slow and easy because what was going to like, what was going to be important for me was some consistency was not failing. And I, so I didn't weigh I was being very consistent about little changes. I made sure that anything that I said I would do that day, I felt like, okay, I can do this and I can even do it if I don't feel like it. If in the moment when I don't feel like it, I can still talk myself into it because it's so small. And that's how I started. And that's all I did throughout the whole journey. As I went longer and longer, I started realizing that the reason why so many of my diets in the past failed was because I had to morph into a whole new human being just to do them. Right. I really needed a plan that I was crafting based on where I was each day and what I needed each day and what I was willing to do each day. And that's how it worked. And but all those diets, man, it took a lot of uh, moments where like I remember going to McDonald's and ordering, uh, normally my order was a number two supersized, which is the two cheeseburgers, sub mustard for mayo, a Butterfinger McFlurry and a Diet Dr. Pepper and just supersize all of it. And I remember the first time going and saying, well, the only thing I can do today is I can just eat mustard instead of mayo. I don't have to keep slapping mayo on my burgers. And I remember my brain screaming, this isn't good enough. And I remember also telling myself, but this is what we can do today. Like we agreed, no matter what, we were just going to make some kind of a small change. We were always going to only do the things we were willing. This is all I got in the tank today. And that helped me realize like, well, if you can do that, maybe you can do something different tomorrow. And that's where it all started for me. 
That's amazing. I'd imagine that just builds so much trust with yourself that just snowballs into more and more change. And one of, one of the things that you say that I love is, um, lose weight the way that you live your life. Could you expand on that? on like what that really means to you and how you teach that? Yeah. So like, I love food. I always have, um, like to this day, one of my favorite I have some friends and we have this joke about, um, we always talk about the five foods we would take to heaven. <laughs> like we're never taking people. <laughs> we're always talking about our five foods that when I go to heaven, it'll just be an endless supply of these five things. And it's going to be glorious. Well, nachos and fried chicken livers are on my list. I <laughs> love fried chicken livers. My granny used to make them for me. And I just knew I didn't want to be the kind of person who couldn't eat foods she enjoyed. What I wanted to be was the kind of person who could eat the foods she enjoys when she's really going to enjoy them. Not because she's having a bad day, not because she's tired, not because she's afraid she's going to waste her money, not get her money's worth, uh, hurt somebody's feelings. That's the kind of person I didn't want to be anymore. I didn't want to be someone like, like I didn't to lose weight. I had to lose that version of me. I didn't need to lose carbs and I didn't need to lose um, you know, drop all my calories down and I didn't need to lose all my favorite foods. What I had to do is I had to lose a, my bullshit mindset around them. Yeah. That was always causing me to overeat them. But I will be honest, like over the years, I've learned, like, I now love salads. I still love my fried chicken livers, but I don't eat them every day, but because <laughs> I can have them, when I'm really going to enjoy them, like I love French fries and tater tots. It's like I'm a big savory girl. I can't I only have one sweet on my list. The other four are all in the savory category. I'm the same way. Yes. Savory yes. <laughs> all the way. Fried and salty. I'm all yes. in. <laughs> like whatever same. it is. Same. And I'm like, I don't eat that stuff all the time now. I eat it when I'm really going to enjoy it, when it's worth it. Like, I'm not just going to eat any nacho. Like, if I'm not going, I'm not going to go to a baseball game and order nachos there. But I will go to a restaurant with like barbecue nachos and real shredded cheese. I'm like, that's worth it. So I just got really good about like realizing I can eat the things I like. Now we're going to do it real intentionally. It's going to matter when we do it because most of my life I spent food didn't matter, it was comfort. It was the end of a bad day. It erased mommy guilt. It helped me relax. But I was like, I want to be the kind of person that, like, I want to be the kind of person who's proud of herself as a mom. I don't want to be the person who eats ice cream because she's not. I need to learn how to be a proud mother. I need to learn how to do that stuff. And so that was what was really important to me. And when I figured out, like, so you can eat food you love. This is the how we want to live our life. And I think that's important about that statement. When we say we're going to lose weight the way we want to live our life, that doesn't just mean nachos and fried chicken livers. Right. That means not underappreciating ourselves every day to the point that we need to eat food to compensate. Like the way I wanted to live my life was defined like I wanted to be an active mom so bad. I didn't want, I wanted to be the kind of mom that set Logan up to um, eat better than I was taught when I was a kid. I didn't want him to be a fast food baby like I was. My mom was a single mother working two jobs. We, our dining room table was the front seat and the back seat of the car. 
And our restaurant of choice was any drive-through that was on the way to the next job or babysitter. That was dinner. That was lunch. That was what we ate. And so I knew like I wanted to be the person who like taught their baby different, who set him up differently than her. So the way I wanted to live my life, it was like, this is more than just what I'm going to eat. This is who I'm going to be too. Yeah. One line that you said on your podcast completely changed my life. It was something along the lines of, you know, um, when, like when you were eating, when you were not hungry, that was like the best coping mechanism you had at that point in your life. And now you basically get to choose a new one or hone in on a new one that, cause I, I, I kind of recognize a lot of my emotional eating, especially since listening to your podcast and instantly I just felt like this guilt, shame, frustration, just completely dissipate to where I felt like almost grateful or proud of my former self that she just did whatever the hell she needed to do to get through some difficult times. And that, that was a game changer, an instant mindset shift. Um, Can you share why it's so important to release or, or dive into those feelings of shame or guilt or anything for this process? Yeah, it is like, for all of you, I want you to think about this. If you are ever eating over shame and guilt, then you cannot lose weight from shame or guilt. Most of us, those feelings are so charged that we have taught ourselves to eat to get away from them. And if you spend a lot of time like looking at your past, hating on your past self, thinking she shouldn't have done that. She, she set me up now to, you know, have that extra 20 pounds, whatever it is, you're creating all of those awful feelings in you. And this is the weird thing about when we hate on our past self, our inner subconscious knows we're actually hating on us. It's not like she's a whole different human being. She's us and she lives inside of you. And so our opportunity is to figure out like, Those moments where you have all that like regret, the second guessing, the shame or the guilt from your past, you've got to go back and you need to hug that version of you and ask her, tell me why you needed it then. Because today I want to be the person that carries us through in a new way. And when you go back and you look at it, not through shame and guilt, and you actually have these conversations with past selves. And you talk to them about like, what was going on for you? What were you missing? This is what we do in the membership now. Like I've just recently got a certification on like inner child work and going back and talking to these people. I walk women through almost weekly now of like, let's just go back and talk to that version of you that you right now might be disappointed or angry. And let's just see what was going on for her. And they almost always are balling and they realize that they were literally doing the best they can. They didn't know what else to do. They had hit their shit tolerance. You know, like I have several clients that regained weight um, during COVID because they lost people. Some of them lost two and three family members during COVID. And we go back and we look at that and they're like, I now realize like I'd never had to deal with grief or I'd never had to deal with grief at that level. And I didn't know what to do with myself. It was the best thing that I can do. So now what I can do is love that version of me and say, you can rest. 
I got this. Yes. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think it was a few years ago I started kind of putting pieces together because even even if I was considered thin on the outside, I did not feel like I had control over food and eating. And... um, one of the things I remembered is just the fact that there was some tension in my house, usually on a day-to-day basis, but we could all come together over food, picking yeah. what we were going to order and all of that stuff sitting down. It felt like peace and security and safety. And that's what I associated with food. So whenever yes. things were chaotic, I wanted to go to my, my happy place. And then another thing I, I realized is I had a really hard time ever leaving leftovers. I could not leave leftovers to save my life. And that includes my leftovers and anybody else at my table. I would eat all oh, of the yeah. leftovers too. And I realized, you know, as a kid, um, a family member who I love deeply really struggled with their weight. And I felt as a kid, if I ate all the leftovers, this person could not overeat. And therefore I'd maybe save this person's life. And yeah. carried that with me through my whole life, not even realizing that that's why I couldn't, you know, leave leftovers. So let's say somebody has kind of identified their emotional eating or triggers, but they're having a hard time changing the habit behind that. What would you recommend to them? Well, the first, I wouldn't try to work on the habit at first. We have to, so I teach a concept inside my membership called the four ends. And this is where we kind of break these things down. We kind of like understand why is something happening? So like you have a really good sense of what we call the second end. So the first end is to notice, like, I just notice I'm cleaning everybody's plate. I notice I'm the, you know, human garbage disposal at the table. Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> and we want to notice like, so when I start being like, when I turn on the garbage disposal, what am I thinking? It's usually like, you know, don't waste that or Um, I don't want everyone to feel like they have to eat it. So I'll eat it. Like that comes up a lot for people. And so first we want to just notice our thinking or notice our pattern or our behavior. And then we go to the second end, which is called normalize it. And normalizing is where we're going to ask some really good questions that create an understanding of why this might be normal for us. Because a lot of times what happens is when we start noticing like, oh my gosh, I notice I clean everybody's plate. It's really easy to judge ourselves for that. Like you shouldn't be doing that. Like, oh my God, you must have an eating problem. Like, you know, like our brain wants to flip out when we start noticing behaviors and thoughts that we know aren't helpful. So we want to normalize it. Otherwise you'll quit looking for things. If all you're going to do is beat yourself up for what you find, 
you'll stop looking for the things that you can solve for yourself. And we don't want to be allergic to solving our problems. Right. <laughs> we want to normalize it. So we ask questions like, um, where did I learn this? Or where did this behavior start? Or I wonder why I do this. Like, I wonder why I do this because it's probably helping me in some way. It just doesn't look like it. Like, I always think like every overeat, every thought, it's well-intentioned at its root. It just sometimes comes across like an asshole. Sometimes it's like a jerk, but that doesn't mean that it's not well-intended. It's just like when a parent um, is really scared for their kid. Like if they're failing in school, like parents will start yelling at them about their grades. Parents are almost always not just trying to be an asshole. There are asshole parents, but most parents are just scared to death. They start thinking like, oh my gosh, if they don't do good in school, they'll never get into college. If they don't get into college, they're never going to get a good job. And if they can't get a good job, who'd want to marry my daughter? Like, I mean, like they just like their brains just go like haywire. And then they start yelling to get their attention when what they're really saying is, I'm worried about you. Mm. So we want to make sure we do that for ourselves. So we normalize like, what is this? Why would this be normal for me? That step creates relief on uncovering our thinking and our patterns. Then we just neutralize. Neutralize is super simple. You make it factual. It's like whatever you're thinking about or whatever habit you have, rather than saying, like, um, like I eat too much of everybody's food, you would neutralize it by saying the pattern is at dinner. I finish my plate. If there's food left on other plates, I eat that. That sounds so much different than I'm out of control at night and I notice I'm eating everybody's food plus some. Right. So one's fully loaded. Neutralizing means we are taking as much emotion out of it and trying to describe it in such a way that it's boring as fuck. And then that gives us another layer of relief. Like, okay, all we're dealing with is this. I've got some relief from my thinking. I've got some awareness of my thinking. Now I have some clarity around my thinking. Notice shame and guilt's nowhere in the picture. (laughs) Right. Then the last step is next best thought or action. And that's where I look at like, okay, I'm like, I'm eating my dinner to completion. I'm eating others' dinners to completion. How do I want to think about this going forward? What do I want to do at night? And what we may want to do is something like the next best thought. Here's the key. It's got to feel true and doable. Can't just make shit up. We can't just have like rainbow and daisy thoughts down there. (laughs) Gotta feel doable. So you may want to say like, I'm learning how to be okay with leftovers. Something pure and simple. Like it will take some time to be comfortable seeing food on other people's plates that I'm not going to eat. That's true. And it's probably doable to think that. Right. And so we want to make sure that what, like I always tell my clients, when you're going to have a new thought after you go through those four ends, it's got to feel as true as the original thought does. The original thought already has a hold on you. You've thought it over and over again. You really believe it. You wouldn't think it if you didn't believe it. 
Now we got to come up with something that feels just as true so that now we can sit down at the dinner table and both thoughts are coming along for the ride now. Freaking brilliant. I mean, it's so, so good. I, I can see like the step-by-step because for me, I know I just attach so much emotion to all of my actions and like that neutralizing part of like, you take the emotion out of it, just see it as factual. It does feel less heavy and yes. you feel like you can, you can solve whatever is next. I love that. Are there any like common thoughts or mindsets or ways of thinking that you notice really stop people from um, taking that action step, whether you mentioned like, I want to get my money's worth or whatever you call like, fuck it eating, which I love anything that you want to share about those common thoughts that people have. Yeah. I think like for all of them, like the, a lot of them are just like, fuck it. I've, uh, I've screwed up. I might as well go ahead and eat tonight. Another common one is, um, tomorrow I'll do better. Mm. Like we all have this image that there is a version of us tomorrow. And she is just like, girl, I got you tomorrow. I'm never going to want to eat nachos again. And I'm going to be highly motivated. By the way, I'll start training for that marathon. Like tomorrow, Corinne is always like glowing and like got a rainbow shooting out of her head. And she's lifting weight. I mean, she's just like on fire. This is what I tell myself when I have like repeated thoughts, like tomorrow thinking or... I'm not good enough thinking or whatever. Most of us know our bullshit. And I just, the simplest thing is to tell yourself, I knew I would think that and that's okay. Because here's the cool thing, especially the way that I teach things. I teach things very simple. Like this is all we're doing to lose weight. It's not hard. It's not complicated. Anybody can do it. It's if you know the thinking's coming, you also probably know what else to do in that moment other than what you normally do. And when you just add, and I knew that one was coming, but here's what we're going to do anyway. I knew I was going to think that, but here's the truth. That is the easiest, simplest way to get out of any kind of repeated bullshit excuse your brain offers up. Now, that's a quick trick. And it works for low-hanging fruit stuff, which one of the things that I try to teach in my podcast and I teach my members is when we start losing weight, because most of us have failed a lot of diets, we've done a lot of things, is you want to pick your low-hanging fruit wins off at first. That's going to build you a lot of momentum. Do you want to figure out like what are easy thoughts to overcome that you can just add little flips like that? What are easy overeats that as long as you're aware that you're doing them, you could give up and it won't be incredibly uncomfortable. Let's lose that weight first. I'm always like that first 10 to 20 pounds, let's lose the easy weight first so that we build up that confidence and that momentum. And then we start picking down, we start going beneath the surface. We start working on some of that other stuff, like the shame of gaining weight, the guilt that like, oh my God, you know, I am going to get up this morning and go for a walk. I'm sure that my child is going to suffer immensely because I'm not right up their ass every second. You know, moms pile so much guilt on themselves. And so we start working on the stuff that's really driving a lot of our overeats. So there's kind of like two levels of weight loss. There's the weight loss that's this is going to be the easy part. This is stuff that like, oh, wow, these are simple steps. I can do this. Then there's going to be the deeper parts, it's like, this deserves my attention. This deserves my time. And when I solve the root causes of a lot of this, not only will I lose weight, I just won't have to do it again. 
because what drove me to gain the weight in the first place has now been resolved. Right. I love, I love that you use the word doable a lot, whether it, you know, what's doable or doable hunger or doable step. And I found myself like, oh yeah, I can have as many burgers as I want, like throughout my life. And, and my first step could be instead of getting two slices of cheese, I get one on my burger and I enjoy the shit out of it. And I love that because I think we can really get stuck in that all or nothing, that perfectionism trap. Um, And one thing that you shared that definitely has been a game changer for me is I noticed that I used to think of days as like, I got eight hours to be perfect with what I'm eating or how I'm doing it. And just, just the fact that you have a 24 hour plan, or maybe if it's longer than that, just opening that up, like, okay, if I notice, okay, I did overeat, I'm acknowledging that, but I still have a lot more time in my day. That has been chef's kiss. Beautiful. Can you talk about, um, any kind of planning that people can do for themselves around whether it's creating a, um, what they're going to eat or writing things down, anything like that? Yeah. One of the things that we teach inside the membership, and and I do talk about it in my podcast, we go deep in the membership on it, but if you will, like, I want you all to think about this. There, there's a version of you first thing in the morning who usually has like the tiger by the tail. Like when we first wake up in the morning, we don't have a lot of crap on our mind. Now, sometimes we wake up with crap on our mind, but we haven't had a lot of shit hit the fan yet for the day. Yeah. Not everybody needs us immediately, all that kind of stuff. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. And our emotional tolerance for good decision-making is very high usually when you first wake up. So what I tell my clients to do is either the last thing you do before you go to bed or the first thing you do in the morning is you're going to write down what you're going to eat for that day. And we're going to do it ahead of time because we want to use some of our best thinking. Sometimes that happens at night for a lot of my clients are like, you know, in the mornings, it's not my best time. When I unwrap my day, I learn from my day better and I know how to set myself up for the next day better. So you just pick the window, but you got to pick one. You want to do it at night or you want to do it in the morning and just commit for about 30 days. Then what you want to do is you want to plan your food from the version of you who like knows what your day is ahead of you. Who's like thinking about, all right, we're going to be really busy today. So maybe today's not a Martha Stewart moment. Maybe today I am going to go to McDonald's, but here's what I'm going to order when I get there. Like this is the part of you that's logical. 
And that's thinking about all the things. Like if you're going out to eat that night with your friends, it's like, this is the part of your brain that says like, all right, we want to have fun. Like these are the foods we would like to eat. So I'm going to plan those so that you don't walk into the restaurant and just eat whatever the fuck you want because you're like, I'm tired or I never get to go here. The logical part of your brain is like, look, bitch, this is not the last time we're going to the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) So like you probably be okay if you just got dessert and maybe a salad. Like, but we wanted, so we want to decide with her brain, her logical brain, where she's thinking about our goals. She's thinking about things reasonably, the excuses and stuff. Like it's easy for her to argue with them and be like, "Eh, I don't know if that's true. What we don't want to do is show up at Cheesecake Factory that night with the other version of us. When you've been going all day, (coughs) your brain has not got a lot of energy left for decision making. And that part of your logic is about it's good if it can come online, but it's probably not. You don't want to show up tired or excited or whatever. And then that's when you're making your decisions. Because your logical brain is not going to like, it would be great if our, if you're at Cheesecake Factory on a Friday night after a long, hard week of work without a plan, if the logical brain would be like, okay, now before you order, let's think about our future self. Let's talk about things we want for ourselves. The the type of emotional eater we don't want to be anymore. That bitch is in the car in the trunk. Like you have locked her down. So you want to make sure that we have these plans. And that's why I teach people, make a 24-hour plan and get really good at following it. And the best way to get good at following it is you make a doable 24-hour plan. Whatever the version of you today is, we play by her rules. Some days she needs more food. Some days she knows she's going to have a tough day. And she's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to have a snack. I got to put one on there. I, I know today I cannot, like I got, I got all my kids and they got all the sports. It's gotta be pizza. I know me, I won't cook tonight. So I'm going to plan that. And I'm going to plan it in a way so that when I'm having the pizza, I'm not having to tell myself I shouldn't be eating this. I'm telling myself this was on the plan. And now all I got to do is go by my hunger and my enoughness. I don't have to stress out about it. I don't have to think this is wrong. And I don't have to think this is bad and then fuck it, eat it. And that's why we make those plans. It's so good. It's like, it's like you're giving yourself permission to enjoy your food and plan for the food that you love. I love, I love when you mentioned this early about earlier about like prioritizing the food that you really enjoy the most. Cause I found myself saying, okay, I really just want to eat an entire um, bag of cheese right now for dinner. But if I do that, I got to have a salad and a soup to kind of balance all this shit out. But I have allowed myself like, I'm just going to eat this cheese. <laughs> like that's okay. And yeah. I find that it's everything is still on track and I, I still have weight loss, even though I ate cheese. It's because I didn't add 10 things to it to try to balance out the healthy shit. Um, so I love the kind of giving yourself permission. And can you share, you know, a lot of people really freak out with the ebbs and flows of like the number on the scale. Can you share like why that's normal and it's okay? Maybe what's happening in the body when that happens, when your weight goes up and down as you lose weight? Yes. So your body doesn't work in a perfect line. It's, it's got a, I just want y'all to give your body a break. It's got a lot to do and it really is designed not to lose weight from the get. Our body was never designed 
to lose weight. It was always meant to store fat for when we had famines. And so like, if you think about sin, like just even a century or two ago, the, the people they farmed, they had, you know, brutal seasons. There was not air conditioning and heat and things like that. Our bodies had to work hard. So they always have tried to store fat so that it can be actively used. We just live in a day and age where like it doesn't need to store fat anymore, but that doesn't mean your body's just quit doing it. So when we have to diet because we have too much food and a lot of our lives are built around being sedentary, then our, like our body is just like, what? Like, like, could you imagine? I always think about my grandmother. She was born in the early 1900s and worked uh, her, she was one of nine and her daddy had a working farm in, in Northern Alabama, hundred farm hands. What do you think they would have thought if they had seen uh, like her grandfather saying like, all right, I know we just, you know, did the farming all day long and we've moved wood and everything. I need to go out to my, uh, you know, shed here and I'm just going to take some rocks that are really big and heavy and I'm going to lift them up and down over and over again because I need strong muscles. <laughs> like, no, like people would be like, what are you even talking about? Or to go and walk, you know, five or six miles today because I feel like I got a little chunk in my rump. Like people would just be like, are you drunk? Like what is even happening? Right. Like we have not evolved that much. That was literally our lives about a hundred years ago, maybe 150. So all of us need to realize your body, it ain't going to lose weight every week. It's supposed to stall out. It's supposed to think something's wrong. You ain't eating enough. I'll lose weight for a few weeks, but you know what? I need a couple weeks to recalibrate, make sure that nothing's wrong is going on inside of you. Like it wants to, like your body, a lot of times when it does a stall and plateau, sometimes it does it because too much of the weight you're losing is coming from muscle. It might be coming from protective fat around your organs. Your body's like recalibrating like, oh, I don't want to take away things that we need. I need to go get onto some of that butt chunk. Like it will, like it has to think. You have to give it time. If you freak out every time the scale doesn't go exactly like, I love it when somebody's like, but for five days I was eating on plan. Why didn't I lose a pound? It's like, you don't get cookies for being good. <laughs> like, good for you. You ate on plan. Here's what logic says. Logic says that if you do that for another 15 days, weight will come off. But your illogical brain is like, oh, I did so good with my things and I didn't get my big pat on the back from the scale. So now I'm going to go to McDonald's and eat something. Fuck this. It's like logic is like, what are you doing? You are doing so good. Your behaviors are in track. Your body's saying, I just need time. And you're like, I give it no time. None. Zero. Y'all have to like chill out. I have my clients, they have a, they have a, a planner inside our membership. It's got a habit tracker on it. We track your habits because your habits are what will eventually lose your weight. Not how many times you step on the scale. People who lose weight have habits. They develop consistency and they do it over time. That's how weight loss works. It's just not a linear process. 
You, you stop frustrating yourself because you want your body to perform outside physiological norms and science. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh, Corinne, thank you so much for being here today. I know you have to get going. Is there anything that you want to leave people with? Any words of wisdom? Um, and then of course, where people can find you and your membership and your podcast, all that good stuff. I think the biggest thing is just to tell people like you can lose weight. Don't believe your brain. I know a lot of it comes from past failure. Like it's so easy for us to think that, but my super secret tip, and I've said it thousands of times, this was like, when you asked about my favorite quote, this is my second favorite quote. And it came from me. Love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every success story on day one in weight loss did not believe in themselves. Every one of them had doubts. They thought it couldn't happen. They were worried it wouldn't work. That does not make you special just because you don't believe. It makes you normal. It makes you like the rest of us who have lost our weight and we're keeping it off. So just get started. And if you want to get started, you can go to nobsfreecourse.com. That's where you can take my free course. We've had over a million people take it already. I would wow. invite you to take that. Really watch the videos, listen to me, and then try my podcast, Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. Okay, isn't Corinne awesome? Truly, like, she's so funny. She has such great guidance and tips, and she's just so real and honest about the deep shit around overeating. Um, anyway, I've just really loved uh, all of the information that she has. Truly recommend going to her podcast. I mean, she's got tips for, um, you know, like I know vacation on vacations and holidays, people can kind of struggle with food stuff, um, tips for parents when like you got a bunch of different kids that all want to eat something different. Like how do you take care of yourself in that situation as well? Maintenance tips for when someone, um, has lost weight and you know, now they, they're kind of keeping themselves at that weight, or they're maybe really nervous. It's going to come back. Or if you're having some like trouble with like feeling like obsessed or terrified, it's going to come back. She has like action steps and doable action steps for literally everything. There is not a single topic or scenario that I haven't heard her cover. So if we didn't get to it today, um, I highly recommend going over there. Another big one that she's been, she's helped me with is the fact that choosing a movement for your body that you could just do every day forever because you enjoy it. And it's part of your lifestyle. And for me, that is walking. And it's the only thing that I kind of keep coming back to that I actually enjoy everything else kind of comes and goes. I might do something for a couple months or even a year, and then it just kind of drops off. And she's just really great at giving yourself permission to do the things that you actually like and want to do and telling yourself that is enough and, you know, building your new kind of routines and habits around that. So anyway, highly recommend go check out the podcast. And we do have an iTunes review of the episode. This one is from 
bribery iski or briber iski. I'm not sure if I, I'm probably mispronouncing it somehow. And it says new podcast convert. You must listen. I asked my friend what good podcast I should start out with. And she demanded, I listen to this. I am so grateful in all caps exclamation point. I started at the first episode and now I listen to this every day playing catch up. I have feng shuied and Marie kondo my room, my boyfriend's apartment, my sister's room everywhere. Really. I look forward to waking up with you ladies. I feel like I'm a part of your group now. Wow. That is so nice. Oh my gosh. Bribe. I'm going to call you bribe bribes. Um, bribes. Thank you so much for taking the time and leaving that. That is such a, a lovely review. It's so cool that you're like going back in time and listening to all of these episodes. I mean, these were like recorded almost six years ago now. So you got a lot of shit coming your way. A lot of, um, uh, what do you say? Like twists and turns cliffhanger moments, all that stuff coming your way. So thank you so much. If you want to leave a review, um, you can do so on the iTunes app and it might get read on the next episode of the podcast. All right, everybody. I think that does it. If you want to, um, another podcast to listen to, you can find my other one at delaneyfisher.com. It's going to be all about career transitions, building unconventional career paths, all of that good stuff. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and a wonderful week. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah.